Welcome to Rumble Strip, America Heilman. I was doing some reporting for my friend Angela Evansy's excellent podcast, Brave Little State. She was making a show about the Northeast Kingdom, about what makes it different from other parts of the state. And the guys at Kaplan's Army Store up in St. Johnsbury told me I should talk to Carl. They said, go about seven miles down this road, then there's a road that kind of goes up to a Jersey farm on the left, and then there's a pond, but there's no sign to the pond. Then after the pond, drive past the pull-off, and Carl's trailer sits way up in a field at the top of that hill. You'll see lots of pipes and a lot of cars and trucks and lots and lots of hounds. But Carl wasn't home, and so I went back the next day and I found him in the driveway, but he didn't want me to come into his house. So we sat in his truck and talked. Carl's trailer sits way up on a hill that looks out over the farm he ran for most of his life, then sold. After he was done farming, Carl seemed to make a pretty smooth transition to mountain man, which is how he described himself, and the name pretty much fits. He's private, he only goes to town to get something he needs. His life is close to the ground, to his dogs, to the outside. Here's Carl. You, you grew up on a farm. Right. You bought that over there, yeah. farmed it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful farm. It's all right, but it's, 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 it's not big enough and it's, uh, and it, it, the seasons are a little too short, and the taxes are just as high, and the driveway was so steep and stuff, you couldn't get a whole track to the, a whole load of hay. It would pain in the ass to get up the driveway. You'd have to hitch on another tractor on the front or something. And if a truck didn't bother, but and then you get a poor year here, and oh, it, it, it was it, it was some years it was hard. It cost ten thousand dollars to to live here. Yeah. And so, it, it, it's nothing fantastic about it. It's just, I'm here, so I'm too goddamn old to leave, but it ain't very shiny. I rented a lot of land down there, when well, you can see them openings over, over there, and I had that for 30 years, and I should have, I should have bought it, but I, I, I got into a divorce about the, about the end of the lease time, and it just didn't, it just didn't work. So you live now across the road from, from that farm. What's it like to see it? Well, it gets to the point when you get old, man. You get to where you can't do the work anymore, so it's a pain. You're, you, you, don't, you don't want it. You can't have it, and you can't handle it. And, and I like to do other things, so I, if I get up this morning and want to go do something, I go do it. I don't have to be tied down to the goddamn farm all day. If something broke down or something to... See, the worst trouble is, if you get done chores tonight... Eight nine o'clock. I I had a wife and kids. My wife was a good woman, really. But I, of course, I didn't I I didn't really tend to her life like I ought to. Because if I got if I got done chores tonight at nine o'clock, I'm the other old pal lived up here. He was always a big hunter. He might come down while I was still milking cows, and he might want to go coon hunting. We might go coon hunting till morning. We might pull back home at six o'clock. And, and, and we might go 15 nights. I, I know I've been 12 and 15 nights in a row. And, and you know, if you look back over the years, and that ain't really the nicest thing. A woman sometimes don't really live that life very happy sometimes. And you're maybe half tired, and maybe you're a little bit stupid because you're so goddamn tired, but you just go again tomorrow night, and, and then you kind of overlook the rest of the life, because 
90% of the guys have been divorced that live that life. What makes you go out 15 nights in a row? What, what, do, you, what do you want? What are you looking for? Well, the dogs are doing really well. And you got some young dogs that are really doing well, and so you just want to see them do it again and again and again. It's just like having a girlfriend and you're hot on her. You will go go see her every night, but it's, it just continues. It's, it gets in your blood, and there ain't a goddamn thing you can do about it. And so I'm just that way. Did you? Did you? find that uh, you know through your when you were farming and married and everything over time did the the lust for hunting did it grow over time or has it always been there oh been there it was always there it was there when I was 12 it was there when I was a kid so was was farming a distraction from what you really wanted my life yeah, but I mean, did you not want to farm? Cause you oh, I was, I was put everything into it. Oh, you did, you did. Oh yeah, I had, I had, you know, we had better than average cows. I was going to update. I didn't want to dub around with something that was half-assed. I wanted it to be, <laughs> it better work, or I was going to find something that was. You overwork, everything you do, you're overboard. You're an overworker. I, yeah, I would be. I can't. My, I wore my heart out. They told me I would because I had a heart attack, and then I put in some stance, and then I had a regular heartbeat, and I, I ain't been good. I ain't done what I want to do. But my, my elevator don't go up. I don't even get up to the first floor some days. So how the hell are you going to make the... How are you going to go up? You can't. That's the, life, that's the life we got. What was one hunt that you will never forget? Not any of them are extra special. You, you know, you treat a lot of bears, you, we run, look for a lot of bobcats, we, we run a lot of coyotes because they were nuisance, they kill deer and everything. Bobcats kill deer, and none of them special, there's just so many. There ain't, you ain't got a feel, just like somebody said, well, you have this or that once in your lifetime, well, you don't, because the, the real people have it, that happens regular. Those people just happen to have a good day once in a while, but none of the real old game getters have them days because they've had a lot of them. And start doing it when you're 10 years old or 12. You know what's on the other side. You know all the dips and all the brooks and all the areas. You just know it like the back of your hand, see? And so you know if you go this way, well, the road was over the mountain. You know, that way there, you're going to hit the road right there. You're going that way, you're going to hit the road, but you're going to go further. There isn't any reason to know it, but, but if you end up there, you know your way out. <laughs> you know your way back to civilization. You ain't going around in circles or hell. I can remember when we were kids, we'd go, to, we'd, we'd go like from here to that mountain, and on the other side of that hill, say, there was a big open pasture and brooks and and a big old cow pasture and, and apple trees and all. And hell, we'd go over there and wait and watch for deer. And deer would come out there like 15, 20 some nights. And and when it got black, we'd run home, right out to the woods because we knew where we were going. We Hell, we'd head right home on the run. My brother was younger than me, but we'd get right home. We'd, hell, we'd be home in 10 minutes, you know. But you're always gonna be, uh, a different person than the rest of the world. 
You mean if you're like you? Yeah. And you what what makes you different? What's different about that? <laughs> I don't know. You you just aren't cons- when you go to town or something, you go and get what you want and then you and you and you leave. You don't just hang around and <laughs> and like we call it nonsense, to, you know. See, people don't understand the way we are. And there's people around that are kind of like me. And I know some. And we all are different breed of cats. And we can't blame them about it, the way we are. Do you feel lonely in the world like it is now? Oh, no. No. Well, when you farmed a lot, you knew other farmers, and you still know them. They were, they're different from the, the people, there, the average people. And, and a, lot, a lot of the people are okay, but... Of course, you don't have any real bonds to them, you know, like you do. But the worst trouble is, I don't care if they go skiing. I don't care if they go snowmobiling. I don't care if they drive a car. I don't care if they drink beer. I don't care what they do. But it seems like our our world today, they don't like what we do. Say, we go hunting today, and they, they, they really don't like what we're doing and I call them pain in the asses and and we got a lot of them out there today but uh well I know like the guys which is things they can't do they have like a they hunt coyotes and people of course will have a shit fit over it but they don't realize you got a bunch of damn coyotes out here now if you got a small dog like a beagle or something if you went rabbit hunting they'll kill him and eat him uh, or pull his guts out, and if, if you get a chance, you put the shotgun to him, but if you don't, and then if you've got a cat, well, they'll eat him. And, of course, they get rabies. There's all that kind of stuff. And see, all those animals, and when they get thick, when they get real thick, they will have more diseases like peptides, distempers, and rabies, and shit like that. And people don't realize, you know, so thin them out, what difference it makes. Dogs at all? Yeah. Are they all different for you, or are they all the same? Do you think about them differently? Oh, definitely. There's good ones, and there's just and there's dogs. So uh, what? So what? A good dog. How how long does it take to know if you've got? Really, yeah. By the time you're old. Really, and but then what are the signs? Desire is is fifty percent, and then the nose ability. So. What is desire in a dog? How do you know? How do you know oh. desire in a dog? Oh, you can tell. They just, they just got it. Well, like say, all right, all right, there's a bear down here and the raspberries. I got raspberries planted here, but don't matter. They're wild in the woods. All right, there's raspberries and cherries and apples and corn here. All right, the bears are in the, in the feed. They come there tonight and they eat the feed. Well, all right, today you're gonna go dubbing around. So you take a couple of pretty good dogs. You take them out there and, and as soon as you find a track, you take one of them out and pull around with him a little, and if he shows good interest, you put him, let him go first on the trot and put an old dog on, and then you see if he, when they go over the mountain, they see if he goes along and if he, you know, he kind of tends the scent. He barks on the track some. He's tracky. Well, all right. Next time you take him, he may get better. He may be rigging. How much of the pleasure has to do with the dogs? Oh, well, you just want you. 
I'm trying to understand the difference between your passion for hunting and somebody who sits in a tree stand. I'm trying to understand. Oh, the, well. You know what I'm saying? We all hunt the, we hunt to tree the bear and uh, see the bear and not necessarily hunt to kill the bear. What I'm trying to understand is that I've only ever, no, I've, I've interviewed trappers before, but mostly deer hunters. And what you're talking about, the way that you love hunting, is slightly different from both of those categories. Yeah, well, that, you know, see, the trappers are, <laughs> the trappers, I understand, they, do, they, they trap for the fur, and they want it. Like, we don't, if we got a sow bear over here, and she's got two cubs, they, they get treated, we just get the dogs and get the hell out of there. We don't mess around with them at all. But of course, the trappers, of course, their animals are a lot. More of a, like a skunk, a coon will get in your house, or a coon will get in everything there is around. Do you do you eat most of what you kill? I don't mind bear meat. The bears live up here, over there, somewhere. And you know they've been living in a corn piece or orchards or something. I don't like them, I want them downtown bear. Those downtown there rip the rips the dumpsters open and get into pampers and all other crap. I ain't gonna eat the friggin' meat. I'm sorry, but I don't want any. What role has money played in your life? I mean, what's money? What, what is money? Oh, now money's worthless. Uh, like you gotta realize. Your health is everything. <laughs> when you get to the get to the point where you can't do the things that you really want to do, ten dollars in good health is better than than a thousand dollars in poor health. Because you can go do something that you want anything. I don't give a goddamn. But when you get to be uh, <laughs> this other way, <laughs> you ain't. It don't matter. See, life don't matter when you go when you're at the end. It don't buy anything. But so, did you spend a lot of time thinking about money in your life? Oh no! I hell, I throw it away money. <laughs> I, I spent. I probably spent one hundred and fifty thousand dollars hunting and doing shit like that because I knew it was going to be. I knew the end was coming. When you get to be sixty some years old. You know that the end is going. The end of your life is coming, and if you got something you want to do, you sure as hell better be doing it. Cause you ain't gonna be 16 again. I don't give a goddamn what you do. I never see anybody go the other way in my lifetime. So if you get to the sixth day and you got some things that you kind of want to do and you're healthy, and you got a little money and you don't make a goddamn bit of difference. Your life is coming to the end, and everybody, it does to everybody. It ain't just you. But you always want more. I don't care what there is, you always want more. You don't want just a piece of the cake, you want the whole cake. Yeah, and that's the way life is. But anyway, I should go do something. Get some, I got some stuff I got to get done. That was Carl Blaisdell. The music for the show is from Emily Cupers. As I said before, I met Carl while reporting for another podcast called Brave Little State. And I'll put the link to that episode on my website, rumblestripvermont.com. Check it out. 
T-shirts are coming really soon, thanks to everyone who wrote in with ideas for a tagline for the shirt. The shirts will say, Rumble Strip, it's a podcast. Thanks to everyone who has donated to the show. If you want to donate to the show, I would be very, very grateful. You can find a green donate button in the upper right corner of the website. Again, the website is rumblestripvermont.com. And if you want to review the show on iTunes, that helps new listeners find the show. This is Erica Heilman. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>